0: even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions eighteen plus.
1: Celtic State of Mind and Paul John Dykes, and I'm delighted to be joined by Kev McCluskey. We're here to talk about a, a pretty comprehensive victory over Ross County, Kev, and a, a very dominant performance as well. What did you make of that overall?
2: I think that word you've used there is the one that sums it up perfectly. It was dominant from start to finish. I know we've had the benefit of playing against 10 men for the majority of the game. But I think even if it had been 11 against 11, they'd been a fairly similar story, story line. Um, really dominant performance, controlled the possession, controlled the flow of the game for the 90 minutes. Only ever one side going to win the game. It was, it was literally a matter of by how many, you know. Um, credit to Ross County though. They dug in, sat deep, defended in numbers, made it really difficult for us to break through but well, we've had two moments of brilliance for the first two goals. And then great to see James e. Forrest getting in as well, getting his goal. I, I had to check it up just to make sure, but that's 15 consecutive seasons that James Forrest has scored in. And that's an unbelievable achievement. You know, that's just longevity of the highest order to do that. Um, and Joe Hart didn't make a single save in the whole game, didn't have to make a save. So there's another point that just kind of Rams home, the dominance that they showed in that game. So very happy at the end of that to come away.
1: Three points, three goals. You're talking about dominance. Um 78% possession. This is just the kind of the basic raw data with uh, 39 shots on goals, on goal, rather, 16 of them on target, 13 corners. Um incredibly, again, I always have to pull this one up, right? So you've got 78% possession. 10 fouls against Celtic, nine against Ross County. So when you're in the possession of the ball, right, for 78% of the game, see for that 22%, you must be kicking them left, right and centre to actually have more fouls than Ross County during the game. It's a stat that happens on a regular basis. And I still, I don't think I'll ever get my head around that one. Um, It's quite right what you said about Jamesy Forrest, right? I'm going to start off with Jamesy. I know that his appearance was quite uh, late in the day. But you quite rightly said that he scored in his fifteenth consecutive season for Celtic. He scored in the eighty-third minute, and when I, I mean I've I've not checked the record books, but surely he's the only Celtic player to have scored in so many consecutive games in his career. Has anybody ever uh, years rather? Is any other player ever scored in fifteen or more consecutive seasons for Celtic? I doubt it very much. He was in for the last ten minutes of the game. But the other day, there, uh, JP and I on the Thursday bulletin were talking about Jamesy. And, uh, you know, JP was saying, I'm going to really enjoy when he scores this season because that'll be the 15th. He's still contributing. You know, people are writing him off. He's still contributing. Um, Yes, there were better players. Of course, there were. He was only in the park uh, for 10 minutes or so. Uh, But there's loads to discuss. You mentioned Ross County. Um, For us to be so dominant, there's there's two things that Ross County need, I think, in the in that scenario. One of them is to have the organisational ability and to keep that line and to keep the defence uh, structured. And they did do that. They did they did that. But the goalkeeper Laidlaw. I mean, I don't know how many saves he made, but you've seen how many shots we've had. Um, he had a fantastic game as well. It was three nothing. Kev, we had two goals chopped off in the first half, and Laidlaw made half a dozen decent saves. It was all about Celtic, total control. Um, Now, the the only thing I think that was missing today for me was a goal from um, your man, O. You were uh, talking at the beginning of the the game about obviously uh, looking for him to get on the score sheet today. Now, he didn't get on the score sheet, Kev, but overall, you've got to be happy with his performance. I mean, he does give you something completely different up top, a different option from the bench, um, he's shown he can coexist. he can play alongside Kyogo. There was a passing movement near the end of that game. Kyogo probably shouldn't have taken the shot when he did, but it was the lead-up play between him and O was spectacular. And some of the play we we actually had today was spectacular. Um, so let's start with O. He's thrown in there. He gets his start, having scored his first goal of the season against St Mirren on Wednesday night. How do you think the big fella did?
2: I think he did really well. I thought he was uh, very impressive for the game. And I know it doesn't count. I know it's not going to go in the record books and go in his stats as he as he scored today because it's disallowed. It's a it's a fraction of a millimeter that ruled that goal out, and it's not even we don't still don't even have the conclusive picture to show that Maida was offside. So can I disregard the noise around that. It's a great finish. For the goal that's disallowed. He doesn't, he's not the one that's offside, right? So it's not his infringement. But that's a great striker's goal to get into that near post, mm-hmm. to attack the ball, slide it in, and score. And if that counts, it's two in two games. It didn't, but it doesn't take away from his overall performance. I thought he was really good. He showed that movement. He his link-up play was really good as well. Like the chance that you mentioned at the end when he's linked up by Kyogo. You know, showing that the two of them can be a good partnership playing together, one up, one off. There's a lot of positives that he can take from O's performance today and he'll grow with that because again, it's it's a start. He got the full 90 minutes. He wasn't hooked with 20 minutes to go or anything like that. He was given the full game. Um, So I think there's a lot of positives that he'll take from it. Certainly, I'm going to take a lot of positives from his performance. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he'll start in midweek against Madrid, but you've now... Got the confidence in him that you didn't have a month ago that he could come on and impact in that game, and we've seen as well in the last two games that since Rogers is willing to play him and Kiel go up front, you're now not just thinking that a like for like swap, so he's given us that extra option now as well. So lots for him to take away that was full of positives.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And when we're talking about the individual performances today, we'll link it into our next Champions League game against Atletico Madrid. Why not start with O, then? Um, I don't think we're going to change the shape away from home against Atletico Madrid. So I would expect us to have the one up top as normal, as is usually the case, Kev. And that player, for me, despite O's uh, re-emergence, if you like, as an option, I I think that striker has to be Kyogo um, and, and the fact that he's he's on a decent run himself, two and two in the Champions League as well, we know he's the talisman, we know how prolific he is and he brings a lot more to the game than just the goals. Um, so when we're looking at Tuesday night, it's Kyogo up front for me. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I'm in the same boat with that one. Kyogo's still the number one centre forward. You know, a couple of games without a goal or a couple of below-par performances, let's say, doesn't necessarily make him a bad player overnight. Kyogo's still the number one. You can say that his poor performances have come because the midfield weren't up to it. and weren't giving him the service. So, for me, Kyogo's got to play. He's got to start on, on, uh, on Tuesday night. He's the experienced centre-forward. He's been there, he's done it. And he's now a Champions League level goal scorer because he's <laughs> done it a couple of times. Now he's taken that monkey off his back. Um, so he's got to be the one. And then... You know you do now look at the bench and go if it isn't working if we want to change it if we need another option like i said a couple of minutes ago you've now got the faith and confidence that o can be that option whereas before he wasn't and now he's he's like he's he's a reborn player over the last few weeks
1: he has been and uh you know, we we were bemoaning the lack of quality on the bench, Kev, the lack of opportunities and uh, options that we had on the bench. And when you're in a game like today where it could have been really tight and stuffy going into the last 20, thankfully it wasn't, you're looking on the bench, you're looking for a game changer, someone to come in and uh, take the game by the scruff of the neck. I think we've been lacking that for big parts of the season, but you've now got players like uh, Yang and Holm and Oh who are, for me, they're they're rising to the surface and they're, they're, they're staking a claim. But I'm, I'm like yourself, going into the game in Spain, I think you go got to start. Uh, Joe Hart never had a safety make. He's obviously going to start unless there's a disaster. Um, but Tony Ralston started the game at right back uh, this afternoon. I think it was a good move to give Alistair Johnson some rest. It's obvious that's what it is, just like Carter Vickers against St. Mirren. He gave him a day off, basically, which is nice of your gaffer to do that. So um, Ralston comes in. Ralston gives you what you expect from him. And uh, one thing that I think he added to our performance is he's a great overlapping fullback. back is Ralston. His delivery, um, you know, from wide areas is brilliant as well. Um, do we miss that when he's not in the park? Well, we've already spoken about uh, the failure to hit the byline and cross the ball. Incidentally, Palmer did it for his score just at the end there. Um, that That's something that, you know, I think it's been lacking. So, Ralston, yeah, he's come in and he's done well, but I think that's his role in the team now, Kevin. I, I, would, I don't expect him to displace Johnston. I'm looking at Johnston having been rested today. He'll be back in the squad for Tuesday night, back in the start eleven. 11. Yes, I have to
2: agree with you. You know, this is getting into the habit of um, what I was doing with James on Wednesday night, just agreeing with everything he said. I'm agreeing with everything you say now, so it's uh, <laughs> strange, territory. But yeah, like Alistair Johnson's our number one right back, and uh, again, I don't think anyone can really dispute that. I can't remember who it was that commented before the game—is it Magic the Music Man or someone like that? Yes. The same, yeah, saying he thinks Ralston is is his number one at right back. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm of the view that it is Johnson, but there's not that much of a drop off now when Ralston comes in because he does just give you that solid six, seven out of ten performance every time he's in the team. And the one thing that he's got in his game that Johnson doesn't have quite so much is that ability to overlap and hit the byline. And it was good to see it again today. But I think when we go to the big games away from home in Europe, you want to pick your strongest team. I think Johnson's a stronger defender. He's got that bit more kind of fight and steal about him than Ralston has, and he'll be back in the team. And it's um, But it's great to see, though, that there are certain positions in the team where we can take a player out for a game like this one. Yeah. With midweek in mind, and you're not necessarily weakening the team or that position. So, Ralston's still a huge player for us. I think he's still got a big part to play, but Johnson edges it as the
1: the number one in that position. You see the the difference, I think, you see on Wednesday night where Johnson gets the ball out wide. uh, It leads to the winning goal, so we're not criticising what he did, but he turned back. Ralston is very much he will go for the byline every time Johnson turned back kept the the, the move alive and we scored the goal so as I say not a criticism but it shows you the difference between the two right backs Kev and we're going to get to a stage where as you say if somebody steps in you're confident enough that they've had enough game time and the performances um, so that you're not worried that they're going to come into just about any game certainly domestically Uh, left back there is only really one, one option at this moment in time and see for a game like today you look at Greg Taylor and you think that's the type of performances that became the norm under Ange Postecoglou. I thought he was um, always, you know, not only willing to, to accept the ball, because there's a lot of players not in this particular team um, who don't show for it. Taylor shows for it. He shows for it wherever he is on the park. And a lot of the time it's central. You know, he does a lot of his work centrally, which is why I think... You know, because he's a bit of a ball player, um, his move to the inverted fullback role works so well for him because he's comfortable on the ball. Sometimes he takes too many touches for me, especially if we're trying to move it um, in a high kind of tempo attack, transition from defence. But I thought Taylor played well today. And, um, you know, even if he didn't, he was playing on Tuesday night because we don't have any other left backs really now. We were talking about that before the game. Where is Burnaby? We haven't even seen him in training pictures. He's completely out of the picture, isn't he? But... You know, to be fair, I, I would still like to see Taylor challenged. He's not getting challenged, Kevin. And um, no matter who you are, you're uh, psychologically, you need to have that challenge uh, because you're, you're at the top of your game here. You're playing in the Champions League for the Scottish champions. You'd really need to have a challenge. Taylor doesn't have that at the moment. And I think we need to address that in January. Yeah,
2: it's the old one of the saying you need to have two players for every position. You've got to have your starter and then you've got to have somebody behind them that's pushing for the reasons that, you know, it's going to keep him on his toes, he's going to, it's going to keep his performance levels high, It's so that when you get a game like today, you can take him out of the team and bring someone else in. You're yeah. not going to weaken the team. Right now, though, I mean, Taylor's a player who'll need a rest in a few weeks' time, because or in a few games' time, because it's going to come before the weeks. And you're looking and going, who is it? Well, Bernabeu's been completely out of the picture, so... You wouldn't want to throw him in. and He's not even making the bench. Are you going to go to the B team? But we don't have a great history of doing that and bringing the player up for a game or two. So you might be looking at, as someone mentioned before as well, Liam Scales moving from centre-back to left-back. So then you're putting a bit of a square peg in a round hole Mm -hmm. in that situation. And you're also taking who's been your best centre-back the the season so far out of his plate and you totally break that up. So... I would be very, very surprised if we don't bring in a left-back of some sort in January, even if it's just a loan deal to see us through the end of the season. But Paylor's a player that needs... He needs backup behind him. He needs that support and he needs someone pushing him. And you might even find, if he gets that, those petulant moments, like against St Mirren, when he turns around and blames Scales for that goal, would cut out as well. Because he's no far chance. too comfortable. Like, he, no he knows... I don't know. He knows that there's no one going to come in and take his place. He's actually free to do whatever he wants. So maybe there's something like that. And and Rodgers could be the manager that just goes, Look, I can see you're playing well. But that attitude is not what I want in my team. So if I've got someone else who can come in and take your place for a game or two, you're out in your arse for a wee bit. And then, you know, that, that just could be the kick that he needs
1: couple of wee points from what you've said about Taylor and, and uh, James A. Forrest. Starting with Taylor, you've seen that today Matt Riley was rested. Um, Wednesday night, Carter Vickers rested. After the European exertions against Atlético Madrid and then the, the dip against Hibbs. Liam Scales spoke about tiredness. Liam Scales has played every single 90 minutes since he came into the side. You know, he's not missed a minute of football. Um, he will need a rest eventually, Kev. You will need to rest Greg Taylor. Callum McGregor even was taken off before the end of the game. Uh, Brendan Rogers is rotating it with that in mind as well. We need to rest these players. Greg Taylor, the reason I'm bringing it up, Greg Taylor can't be rested at the moment. Now, I know there's a suggestion there that you play scales left back. I'm looking on that because he's in that kind of flow. He was brilliant again. He was exceptional again today, Liam Scales. Absolutely exceptional. Um, And the point has been made here by Sean Thompson. Getting better on his distribution. What a ball for Kyobo. He has done that a few times. The dink over the top, you know, inch-perfect passing from Liam Scales. Um, but you don't want to break there's his the
2: stride. For no, there's the one for Nah, There's the one for and There's the one before for David Turnbull. He did it a few mm-hmm. times today. His distribution was top-notch.
1: That was when Turnbull right-footed it. Yeah, aye, he was. Yeah. He, he was brilliant. I think, Kev, you don't want to break his stride like you said. He's in a great running form. And I think if you play him the left-back and he doesn't play as well, that's going to break his stride more than giving him a rest and putting him on a bench or or what we did with Carter Vickers and just giving him a rest. We have plenty now centre-halves, which is strange because that's the complete opposite of where we were at the beginning of the season. Novrovsky's training again. Lagerbilk's fit. He's just not getting picked. Welsh is back in training, not ready yet. Um, and, of course, you've got Nat Phillips, who we spoke about at the beginning as well. If we're going to keep that player, we need to play him. We need to really test whether or not he is a better uh, player than we have on the books, is he an upgrade? We spoke about you know the, the different um, issues that are maybe working against Nat Phillips is getting so much game time and one of the biggest ones is Liam Scales. No one's seen it coming, no one's seen that player you know, the resur- the resurgence of that player um, and, and all credit to him and he continues because I thought he was brilliant again today um, so it does beg the question then Carter Vickers had his rest Liam Scales hasn't, uh, Nat Phillips. Phillips played on on Wednesday night of course so they've all got kind of regular game time in their legs, Lagerbelt doesn't he's been out for three weeks now out the squad for three weeks maybe longer um, and of course Navroski huh? and Welsh are just back in training so when we go into the game on Tuesday night people keep you know harking back to Champions League experience well Cat Vickers, Scales and Phillips have all got that now They've all got Champions League experience. Part of the development of Liam Scales this season has been the fact that he's come up against three big, big challenges. Feyenoord, Lazio, Atletico Madrid. He's not a bad game in those three games, Kevin. And for me, as long as they're fit, and I hope they are, and there's no reason to suggest they're not, Cat Vickers and Scales, that's your partnership for Tuesday night.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Oh, Absolutely. That's... Um, and you can throw in the Rangers game as well. I know it wasn't a Champions League game, but throw that one in is a big test for for scales. Uh, thinking back to that one, like remembering Kevin Graham, I think saying, you know... That'll be Scales' his moment in a Celtic jersey. That's the moment he can look back to. He'll, he'll not top that. I think he's topped it, but you say, maybe two or three times since then with the big European performances. He's surprised everybody by the way that he's been able to just lift himself to every single challenge that's come his way this season to the point where you're going to have to say on, on current form or long-term back to is Catlin' Vickers and Liam Scales. Mm-hmm. So there's for me, there's no way that you take him out of the team now. So he no. plays, uh, he plays on uh, on Tuesday night. Cartervickers and Scales, I think, should be the back two. And maybe you've got to look at the game against Aberdeen next weekend. It's been the one that Scales is rested for, and that's the game that you say to him, you know, like, well done, thanks for everything. This is your well earned rest. But by the way, you're coming straight back in the team because you're now my first choice centre back.
1: Yeah. No, listen, I, I always think it's safer, which is why there was a wee bit of a risk, I guess, going up to Ross County. It's safer doing it in a home game. Uh, James, yeah. I don't know how you want me to sing that, but I, I know where you're coming from. It's I want to be adored, but I don't know how you yeah, fit Palmer in there. don't know how you fit Palmer in there. What a beautiful footballer we have. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely is. He was benched today. Again, I think probably a lot of games in a short space of time for him. He shows... Uh, what he can do against Lazio and the goals chopped off, he scores an incredible goal against Motherwell. Atletico Madrid um, dipped a wee bit, and I think that was energy levels. I think it's too many games in a short space of time. There may be people in the comments saying, "Listen, they're professional footballers; they should be able to deal with two games a week." You just never know, you know, in terms of the the mental fatigue as well. Kev, the travel, all this kind of things combined. That's why you need a a, a core squad Brendan likes a core squad of 17 and kind of the, the long list of 25. And that means that you're going to have guys that play uh, virtually every game. Palmer has, in the last half a dozen games, been a, a key to, to the victories that we've had. And it comes on today. And I'm, what I'm going to say about that goal that he scores and the goal that Turnbull scores, right, they can't be defended, Kev. And that's the difference. We spoke about it at halftime mainly. I think about the fact that back in uh, Brendan Rodgers' first time in charge, he had players like that. You can't defend that because that's a long-range effort. Doesn't matter how you set up your defence. Doesn't matter how resolute and and you know sticking to their guns that they are. One moment of magic from that kind of distance breaks through all of that. Right? Turnbull's done it today. Palmer's done it today. That's how you break down a pack defence. And in Rogers' his first tenure, we had the guys that did it Roger, Parry Roberts, Stuart Armstrong, Moussa Dembele. And this time round, we're now looking and we're relying on that because I think I said that about Palmer. You know, he's known to do it. He pulls one out of the bag. David Tumble, it's his it's his 40. To get that ball, you know, 20, 25 yards out, he seems to just and it he's so slow when he's doing it. He creates that bit. It's not like it's a jink. He does it so slowly, creates a bit of space. And once he rifles that in, you know, more often than not, it's nestling in the back of the net. That's why he's got such a good goal scoring record from the midfield. But I'll reiterate, Kev, it's something you can't defend. And when you're playing against teams like Motherwell, Livingston, Ross County, who just basically camp out at the back, park the bus, that's how you break through it.
2: Yeah, it's really difficult at times to do that, uh, to break through anything like that. I've got a note maybe 70 minutes in or something like that, where thinking like the way that we're playing, it's a bit too formulaic, it's a bit too obvious at times, maybe what we're trying. Uh, we need a bit of a maverick, I've got maybe even a Moravchik kind of player, we need someone like that in the centre of the park who can unpick a defence If you don't have that, then your other option is you need somebody that can just give you that wee bit of something special from distance. And, I mean, you know, I'll say it again, pre-match, I I did have a little go at David Turnbull. He's not not a player I think we should be relying on long-term, perhaps, unless he can put in that first-half performance on a consistent basis. But the one thing he's got about him that very few people in that team have got, is that ability to strike the ball from distance and put it in the back of the net. And it was an excellent mm-hmm. goal. And then Palmer's the other one, when he comes off the bench and does it. And I, I mean, his when he when he retires, or even at the end of this season or next season, whenever he wants to bring out his greatest goals DVD, it's going to be sensational. I'm the first in the queue to buy it. Because the way that he strikes the ball, is unreal. Every finish... Right? It's exactly, it's exactly what you say. He lines it up, he gets a wee, he's a wee bit of space and there's not a keeper in the world that's saving any of those ones that's gone in so far. They've all been absolute missings that have gone in. Um, so he, he's, a, he's a phenomenal striker of a ball. But one thing I loved about him with that goal is say if that was me, I'd be going mental and I'd be like a big smile on my face thinking of the bollocks for the next 10 minutes or whatever. There's a shot of him in the camera, like thirty seconds after the goal, and he's back to game face, mm-hmm. almost just like that's just what I do, lads. I just score those goals. It's the kind of humility about him. He's a he's a special player, I think, or a, a, certainly like a, a special striker of a ball. I'm and not giving. He's chipped, by the way. He's chipped him with the assist as well, so yeah. he's, he's got that about him also.
1: Yeah. Sorry to interrupt there, Kev, but just when you were talking there about the the kind of muted uh, response to these goals, like we're all going daft because it's such a spectacular thing to watch. Remember, Tommy Rodgick was a bit like that as well. There was times he would score, he didn't even run a bit, shrugging his shoulders, laughing, sometimes laughing at the fact that, wow, look what I just did. Um, you know. And there's a wee element of that for me. But um, we've kind of missed, we have, we've missed that Tommy Rodgick element. I'm not comparing them as players, but that element of their game, we're out of nothing. They can just pull that out. It's just a, mo- and the way that Palmer likes to do it, obviously, he likes coming in on his right hand side and striking it from there. We, we've seen, we've seen uh, Tommy, Ro- Tommy Roger loved it on the left foot. Remember the, the, the some of the famous goals he scored uh, from distance. And I think we've added that wee bit of magic that we, we were kind of lacking from distance. But here you go. Well, we're banging on about hitting the byline and getting the crosses over, you know, and, and we were saying that you know the low zinged cross normally it was Kugel at the front post and then the dink at the back post was normally a badder. We'd get on the end of that one. He had this incredible ability to ghost behind the last defender and, and get in at the back post. Well today we saw it and it was Pal it was Palmer that did it and he gets the cross in, lo and behold James AForrest e. scores a goal. So th- these are things that you know we're talking about them because we're making just small observations, Kev. It's not um data analysis or any of this. It's just observations as football fans but you know, you can never forget that all the the staff that Brennan Rogers has got at his disposal, he knows 10 moves before us that that's a problem. This is an issue. We need a wee bit more of that. So this is the thing. And I know that the style, I called it a wee bit more languid with um, Brennan Rogers. The style isn't as gung-ho as Antiposter the with, right? But it doesn't mean to say that it's any worse. It may not be as uh, pleasing on the eye at times, Kev, but I would maybe argue the the, the, the case and say, the games against Kilmarnock, Hearts and Atletico Madrid, three games on the bounce, there's there's a style of football that is good to watch, that is exciting to watch, Kev. But Brendan Rodgers brings a pragmatism to it, especially against Atletico Madrid, when in actual fact, you know, I think Ange would have been going for a third and a fourth. We make a tactical switch and people were pretty critical of it. If we don't make that tactical switch, we could lose the game. Atletico Madrid were really coming on to a game at that stage. They had moved, you know, they'd made their moves at half time. Uh, they might have beat a C2. You know, it's all swings and roundabouts. We don't know for sure. But there's a definite, different approach to Brennan Rogers's team. Um, and, you know, when it works, it's great to watch as well. I'm really keen to get some of the comments in. What do you make of that then? Michael McDonald is now feeling Christmassy. Off Mm -hmm. to get the deckies out, yes, not quite yet. I'm not sure when Nemesis plans Mm -hmm. to get them um, out from the loft. Everybody keeps it up the loft, obviously. Christmas tree, suitcases, all that stuff. Um, The Tobago Street Police Station Celtic Supporters Club, I had the absolute pleasure in meeting this gentleman up at Celtic Park, is also feeling a bit festive. Um, And a few other points coming in. James, here we go. I really enjoyed watching Palma and home together today. Good craft, good energy, good technique. I want more of that partnership. Right, so Palma starts on Tuesday night for me, Kev, and uh, Maeda starts on another wing. I'll, I'll follow that up or caveat that by saying Yang, like Ho, has now given me the confidence that he's a guy I can rely on. Starting games like today or bringing on as an impact player against the likes of Atletico Madrid on Tuesday night, I'm not starting them though. I would definitely start Palmer and Maeda. What's your thoughts? Um don't stop
2: saying things that I'm just gonna agree with. Can
1: you can you say something because slightly then, controversial it's controversial so I can come back with it? We've got an agenda. <laughs> you know, people just think I, we've got an agenda. I
2: uh, no, I have to agree with that. I think Maeda's a definite starter because of his work great and the defensive side of the game that he puts in. Um and I think he can really just I think he thrives in that atmosphere as well, or that kind of game. It's it's kinda like a Glasgow Derby, kind of fixture, you know, he's gonna be right up for it. And he's he's bossed and bullied their defence in that game. I think he can have a similar impact on Tuesday night if he's on it. Palmer's the guy that can pull something out of nothing for you, right? When you're talking about the way that we have to break teams down at times, and we need that moment of inspiration, the long-range shot. I remember being at games at Celtic Park where we've been the side that's been on top and the opposition's broke forward and somebody's just had a worldie from distance that Boric or whoever was in goals couldn't get near and they've scored it or nothing. That's going to need to be us on Tuesday night. I think we'll be the side that will be more defensive or pent back because I'd like to call the home team. So you expect them to have more of the possession or the attack. So we're going to rely on someone to do something special on the break. And Palmer's got that shot in him, that shot to nothing that you know could just get us a goal out of nowhere. So I think you've got to start him. Yang, as much as I've been impressed with him in almost every game, Motherwell aside, I think this is maybe too much expectation or you know to put on his shoulders. He's going to the Metropolitano in front of 40, 50, 60,000 Atletico Madrid fans and, and having to cope with that atmosphere. and year star man but I've got the confidence in him that he could come off the bench and do something if we need to Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like I just feel it's too big a game for him to start but he's definitely got the qualities that he can come off the bench so I would agree with you and Maeda and Palmer and then at some point I'd introduce Yang if for nothing else it just gets him used to that kind of level and I think I hate to say it because we shouldn't be at this stage every season almost but I think next season we'll see a different Yang in Europe you know, this season might just be a one too soon for him. But we've been saying this for the last few seasons about certain players that it will be next season, and then we change the manager. But hey ho, I think uh, I think it's a game too soon for him to start. But I definitely think he's got something in him that we can use off the bench.
1: Well, w- with regards to Yang, I think he came through a challenge today, Kev. And one of the, one of the big things I noticed was against Motherwell at Forth Park, the Motherwell fans booed him for the entirety of the first half, because it was a, a moment where they reckon he dived uh, to get a player booked or sent off. And I think, you know, when you look at the, the sending off early in this game uh, from James Brown, it was an absolute definite red card. It was a dangerous tackle. And again, Yang, very similar to Fur Park, he got the treatment from the fans. It spooked him against Motherwell. It didn't today. So he's got over that. And that he's added that to his armoury, if you like. Um, and I think we all we all knew about his trickery. He likes to take on a man. He likes to take a man out, just be taking him on. Uh, but I think we've also seen a wee bit of his defensive play today, which I've not really noted before today uh, as being something of an attribute. But he, he did show that today. But again, yeah, go and take your seat back on the bench. It's not a game for you on Tuesday night. But we know now that, that these are attributes that perhaps we hadn't noticed before. It does beg the big question... And I say the big question, there's a few around the, the team. But going in on Tuesday, you've now got the the three midfielders. McGregor starts every single game, um, as he does, as the captain. Um, but also due to the fact that he's he's playing well. He is playing well. Um, Matt O'Reilly was rested today. He comes back in for me. He's a big game player. He's been the best player we've had all season. Um, and then the question is, right, we've now seen four different midfielders, either or coming on as a sub in that other jersey, it's been Turnbull, Bernardo, Home, and Iwata, although has not had much game time and I don't think he's an option. He's there. I don't think he is a, a, a viable option for Tuesday night. Who do you pick? Because again, I'm going to say it, it would feel pretty harsh to drop David Turnbull, wouldn't it? It
2: would. I was hoping you wouldn't lead into that somehow so that I could get my say first and not have to agree with you. Uh, so I think it's David Turnbull's jersey now. Yeah. For that. I think um like it's two and two games. He's got that long range effort in him that we've spoken about with Palmer, so I can't say, you know, anything other than I would play him for that reason. But his first forty five minutes today was was very, very good. It was. So if he can give us that kind of performance again, like or oh, let's just say you're picking players on form. Turnbull's got two in two games, and his last 45 minutes, a kind of full 45 minutes of football was outstanding. So he deserved to stay in. Uh, alongside, as you say, Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly, who come back. Bernardo, I thought, did pretty well in the first half, but tired a wee bit and then didn't really do much in the second half. Home, I was really impressed with when he came on, and I, I have been Every single game he's played for us, apart from that daft five minutes against Feyenoord, but everything else he's done, I think he's he's looked really assured and confident. He's he's got that ability to carry the ball forward. He's he's a he's a Callum McGregor in the making, I think, and I think that's something that you've mentioned as it. well. But I think I think he's got all all the attributes to become that level of player. It's just whether he can apply himself and become that player. But he's got he's got the grounding definitely to be that kind of player. A game like Tuesday night, again, it's probably a bit too soon for him in his Celtic career to do, to throw him into it. But I would have no problem with him coming off the bench, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be fearing him coming off the bench or trusting him to come off the bench and and putting a performance. But I think as for starting, it's McGregor, it's O'Reilly and it's David Turnbull, because he's got two goals in two games.
1: Uh, it's his jersey to to lose. With some very good options on the bench as well, you know.
2: Yes. Which is great. And it's a squad game. So mm-hmm. we'll be able to use our squad to the max over the next wee while and like you say, you can now trust in some of those some of those French players that you were maybe doubting a few weeks ago. You've got a wee bit more trust in them to come in and do a job.
1: Without a doubt, now Green Ligty, Operation Second Coming is well underway. Uh, nice to hear the Brendan Rogers song at the end. Yes, I did notice the Brendan Rogers song being chanted near the end of the game. And, you know, I'm visualising the first trophy win under Brendan Rogers. Not going to ahead myself, I'm visualising that. And I think in Brendan Rogers' mind, that will be the moment, Kev, that, it's, that it has absolutely come full circle. And Operation Second coming is completed at that stage once we've won it. And he will have won, I can't say, all the fans over. I don't know how anybody else thinks, but I think there's going to be a massive group of our fan base won over by that stage if they haven't been so already. Brown Warrior, welcome back to the show. Potential leg breaker, absolutely. We're talking about that uh, James Brown challenge on Yang. If there's more momentum from a bigger player. And and again, sometimes you just, you're just you unlucky if your studs are planted in the in the turf. Kev, you know, and, and then a challenge like that goes in. It is. It's a leg breaker. It's a bone-snapping challenge, um, and I hate seeing it. Soft, Scots, fair play, Mackay agrees was a red. I'm going to say something about Mackay, right? And I'm, I'm talking about managerial ability only here. I know uh, that what he did in his departure from uh, the English game was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. He's back in the game. If you're going to be looking just at his managerial ability – then at the beginning of the season, Kev, I made the prediction that out of the four teams, Rangers, Hibs, Hearts and Aberdeen, that I think I said two or three of them would change their manager this season. And of course, that has been happening, hasn't it? So we've had um, Hibs changing their manager, Rangers, who knows what might happen with Aberdeen and Hearts. But see, not Rangers, but the other three teams, they would do worse than a manager like Malcolm McKay at some stage. Now, I'm not talking three years down the line because these managerial changes happen so often. See, if he was to get that level of Scottish side, I think he would do really, really well. He's on an absolute shoestring at Ross County. Um, and if he was to get a job like that or, you know, you're done the United, who are doing OK, obviously, in the Championship, that type of team... Could do well with that type of appointment. Um, Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We are going to be live for our Christmas night out with Johan Mialvi. Big Johan is coming to Glasgow, Don Max, on the 18th of December. Tickets are going really, really fast, and we can promise you a phenomenal night. I've got to say, uh, we've done three nights now at Don Max, and the other night goes the best of them all with Pierre, George Cadet, John Collins. So come along, meet quite a few of the axom. Uh, contributors who will be there and then have a great night just before Christmas time as well and you never know we might have a wee sing song, there was a few sing songs the other night um, come and join us again at 12.30 on Monday afternoon where I'll be joined by Jerry Taylor, thank you everybody for getting involved the only other thing I've got to say is thank you to Kevin McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic State of mind.
0: Network.